Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Sunday, March 6, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss the NBA DFS slate for the day. I'm going to go over all eight games. So those that are playing the early slate or afternoon slate or main slate, you've got a split between FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo, how they're spreading those out. So Let's cover all bases, make sure we have all eight games covered for you, and try to smash here as uh, we begin uh, to look at another week starting uh, tomorrow, where we're going to have games throughout the week as well. So we want to finish on a strong note here on this weekend, try to get some takedowns and get after it. Uh, I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Prize Picks. If you haven't tried prize picks yet, what are you waiting for? It is the most fun aspect of DFS slash prop betting uh, in the industry. It, it is a lot of fun and some good uh, opportunities to make some money. So go to prizepicks.com. If it's your first time depositing with them, you want to uh, definitely take advantage of this offer. You get, get a match all the way up to 100 bucks. Uh, and it goes right into your account. It's not just little by little uh, released into your account. Uh, you just go to, D like I say, you go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space. And if anything up to $100, you get a complete match. Uh, so use that promo code, get up to a free 100 bucks on that first deposit and give it a, a shot. We also are, are doing a lot more prize picks content here at DFS Coach Talk. We'll be discussing that in our Discord and releasing our picks uh, every day as well. So, all right, let's get into this. I know everybody uh, probably has a busy Sunday planned, or maybe it's your kickback and relax day and watch some sports. Good thing about this is we have basketball starting at 1 uh, Eastern, and the last game starts at 10 Eastern. So, Pretty much can go all day long uh, with basketball, which is my favorite thing. So really looking forward to that. All right, we're diving in. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe button. And while you're at it, click that little alert in the upper corner. That'll let you know every time one of our podcasts posts. All right, here we go. We're, we're diving in. It's uh, a one o'clock game Eastern. It's the Brooklyn Nets and Boston Celtics. Boston is favored by three and a half. It's a 227 and a half total. 112 implied for Brooklyn, 115 and a half for the Boston Celtics. Brooklyn comes in 32 and uh, 32, so they have evened their uh, record. Boston, 38 and 27. Uh, any news here? We've got Seth Curry probable, so we're expecting him to, to play today. We know Ben Simmons will still be out for quite a while here for the Nets. For Brooklyn, the big, or I'm sorry, for Boston, the big thing is Jalen Brown. Uh, he's listed as questionable. You know, we know he missed the last game, so I believe this is a true questionable. But the good thing is we are going to have this before that early game, uh, so we'll know what the situation is there. And uh, Naismith is out uh, for the Boston Celtics. Statistically speaking, Brooklyn's 11th in the league in pace, Boston only 23rd. So between the two, somewhat of a, a you know neutral look in pace. Defensively, it's somewhat the same thing, but a little bit more on the defensive end. Brooklyn's 19th and Boston is second. So Boston has done a fantastic job, especially the last couple of months uh, to move right into that uh, top two spot. So you got uh, average pace, pretty good defense, especially on the Boston side, somewhat average or slightly below for Brooklyn. A lot of things to look at in this game. You know, it's a road game, so you've got Kyrie Irving back with Kevin Durant. It's been a, a minute since those two have played together, so that makes it very interesting. That's why this game is only a three-and-a-half-point spread for Boston, even though it's in Boston. So... Kyrie at 9-6 and KD at 9-9 uh, make it interesting. KD looked great, I thought, when he came back here. He did, he never misses a stride. I, I really don't think he's a, a human. I think he's a computer. But uh, 
anyway, those two guys, you know, you could look at, I would lean a little bit more towards KD just because uh, the way he looked, but not certainly two guys you have to race to. <clears throat> the second flight guys, it's interesting there. Curry at 5-1, Bruce Brown at 5-9, Drummond, <clears throat> Drummond at 5-5, five, five, Aldridge at 4-2, Patty Mills, who decided to finally have a game the last game, which was out of nowhere. He's only 3-7. Dragic will be moved back to the bench. He got the start at point. He's 3-6. And then, you know, James Johnson, Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton, those guys are getting minutes as well. So it's not as cut and dry as it was when they were down to just like one good player or no good players, and you had to choose between like Curry and, and Mills. But now it's it's more of, you know, do you pay up for an Irving or Durant? Uh, if I do, I'd lean Durant. Or do you go a second flight guy against this tough defense of Boston? Who's the second flight guy to pick here? You know, I would say between Curry and Brown for me, because uh, I think the the rotation of split at the big as is just a little bit too risky for me. Um, on the Boston side, it's very simple. If Jalen Brown sits, then I'm going to race to Jason Tatum. Uh, 9-5 Jason Tatum seems pretty fair to me uh, if Brown doesn't play. If Brown plays with no restrictions, though, it definitely, you know, switches the, the narrative for me a bit. Um, then, you know, maybe a Marcus Smart at 6-1. Robert Williams prices down to 6-4. His price had gone in the upper sevens there for a while. Uh, and then, you know, after that, maybe Derek White off the bench at 5-3, but uh, not looking to go uh, too deep in that spot. All right, let's go to the second afternoon game. It's in the middle of the afternoon. It's a 3-30 affair. It's the Phoenix Suns at the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's a great game to watch. If you have a chance to get in front of the TV for a 3.30 Eastern game, uh, this is certainly a great one to watch. You've got uh, Milwaukee favored by nine just because, you know, Phoenix is missing their backcourt in essence, and uh, which is a pretty big number. Uh, Phoenix has played well either way. The 229.5 total, very solid. 110.25 for Phoenix, uh, a nice 119.25 for Milwaukee who has definitely been scoring the ball a lot lately. Phoenix is 51 and 12, Milwaukee is 39 and 25. We we know who's out and it's a lot of guys. For Phoenix it's Booker, Johnson, Kaminsky, Paul and Saric. For Milwaukee it's Connaughton, Hill, Lopez and Matthews. So Phoenix, you know, they were missing Booker and Paul in their backcourt. Now they Add Cam Johnson to that list. He was the hero uh, the last game, so it makes it even tougher uh, for them. A couple of statistics, although you know they're not as relevant with so many guys missing. Phoenix is ninth in the league defensively. Milwaukee, I'm sorry, in pace. Milwaukee's eighth. So you've got two top teams, top ten teams in pace in the league. But I don't know if Phoenix doesn't slow it, try to slow it down a little bit without. Uh, all of their stars in there, and then Cam on top of it, they may try to shorten the game a little bit. So I'm not counting on this to be quite the pace that that uh, we've seen uh, from Phoenix most of this season. Defensively, Phoenix third, Milwaukee 12th. So you've got two very stout, uh, knowledgeable, uh, solid defenses here. So a couple of things we can look at. Uh, you know, where do you go with the Suns? How do they stay in this game? Does it stay a single-digit spread like Vegas says? Um, Cameron Payne is probably where you want to start at 4-8. Uh, they used him, you know, a little minimally at first as they were getting him back to play uh, with Paul out. But now he's sort of back to uh, really manning uh, the point guard spot. And I think he's a really good play at 4-8. Landry Shamit is going to get a bunch of runs, super cheap at 3-3. And then they're going to have to count on some other guys to score the ball. Number one, I guess, would be Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges is 5-8, and without Cam and the other two guards, I mean, he's got to get up 20 shots today plus. Um, I don't see any other way around it. The other sneaky guy that you may want to look at here is, is uh, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder doesn't shoot a lot but he's usually efficient and can score the ball when needed. So 
I think he's a super sneaky play at 4-7. I think you're going to see his probably shot total the highest that he's had this season. So I like Bridges and Crowder at those super uh, you know, cheap prices, really, for guys that are going to have to score the ball. After that, you know, you have DeAndre Ayton as an option at 6-3. They certainly may go to him a little bit more. He, he has to face that Giannis and Portis defense in the paint. And he seems to do better, you know, out in the break, getting lobs from, from uh, certainly, you know, our man Chris Paul. But I think they're going to have to use him. So he's not, a, you know, a cross-off. But he's not my favorite play uh, because I don't, you know, he can't create his own shot. He really needs to be set up with lobs, and <clears throat> he's more of a, a rebounder type guy that's going to get putbacks and and those alley oops. But he's not going to get that as much with the interior for Milwaukee. I think you're going to see eight and widely owned and highly owned um, because of the you know the shortness of the Phoenix uh, rotation. But I don't know if he's going to be uh, in my first lineup. I really don't. I think. They can hold him to pretty much where he's at. 6-3 is tempting. I get that. Um, and off the bench from Phoenix, I don't know, Aaron Holiday, Torrey Craig, you're going to get some of those guys. Uh, the other thing about Aiton, too, is <clears throat> remember he has McGee and Biombo behind him, especially McGee, who's been playing well. For the Milwaukee Bucks, lots of options here. And very tough to determine who's going to go off against this Phoenix Suns team that you know is missing three starters. Drew Holiday's been very good lately at 7-1. Certainly can dial him back up. Chris Middleton's only 7-2. Had a decent game the last game, but he has not shown the ceiling that he has in past years. Uh, the big question is, do you go up to Giannis at 11K? He is going to get some stout defense from Crowder, Ayton, McGee, all the guys in the paint that are going to try to slow him down. So, you know, not a, a lock washer play, if you would. But uh, certainly, you know, Giannis is on the top of everybody's list all the time. Bobby Portis is all the way down to 6K. So I'm loving that price. Uh, I think he's a really solid play here. You know, the only time I started really shying away from him, he was up there, 7-6, 7-7, and it became a little bit much. So a lot of good options. Uh, not crazy about the bench for Milwaukee here. But some of the key guys, uh, I think you really can dial up and expect them to do very well. All right, the, the third game that's uh, not on the main slate, it's not on a lot of slates, but it is on some. Some of the all-day, if you want to play the single game, I figured, you know, we're going to hit all eight games here and make sure everybody's got uh, a beat on what they want to do here to try to take down whatever they're going to take down. And maybe this is somebody's key game of the day. It's the Indiana Pacers at Washington Wizards. Washington favored by four. It's a 227 and a half total, 111.75 for the Pacers, 115.75 uh, for the Washington Wizards. Pacers come in 22 and 43, Wizards at 28 and 34. Big list for Indiana of questionables, all important. Uh, Goga Bataze, Chris Duarte, Lance Stevenson, all questionable. Guys that are out, McConnell, Turner, Warren. For Washington, probable, and I, I have to eat my words because it's Chris Stapps, Porzingis. So I can't call him names because he's actually going to play, and he might be in play today. How about that? Wouldn't it be funny if I actually rostered Chris Stapps? I'm not going to, though. There's no doubt that he is going to be eased back in on a minute's restriction. I am not going to go there. I just think that would be a mistake. Uh, also, uh, they have Vernon Carey out. All right, so let's look at this. Statistically, uh, we've got these pay this weird Pacers team this year. They're 18th in pace, Washington 24th. So not great there, but the defense is awful. 26th for Indiana, 24th for Washington. So there will be points on the board here. Uh, there's no doubt about it. You've got, you know, a different dynamic for Washington trying to slide Porzingis in there for a bit. Uh, really muddies the waters there, you know, like they have been. I mean, they're, I have no idea with Gafford and Bryant and Porzingis and, 
you know, I don't know what they're doing there. I don't think they know what they're doing, but it does make it tough for us on the DFS side. So Neto's been good, but he's seven, eight for goodness sakes. He's way up in price. Uh, Caldwell Pope's up. These prices are, are actually not consistent because they're single game prices. So I'm not even going to go over it, go over those because it, it's skewed, but still Neto's price is up a little bit, but he's been producing. He's definitely getting more minutes than Ish Smith at the point. So you can look there. Coldwell Pope, you know, GPP kind of play. He can bust 20 real points or, you know, four real points. You just don't know. Uh, Kyle Kuzma certainly is the, the top play here for Washington. He's been consistently really good all year, and I think he is in this game as well. Uh, Kis between Kispert, though, the restricted minutes for Porzingis, Hashimura, Avdia, Smith, Bryant, Gafford, I just don't see a real clear path, you know, to consistency, especially in cash and single entry uh, lineups uh, and contests. So for me, it's really just looking at Kuzma here, trying to work him into my lineup uh, and maybe Neto uh, in a few spots, but not diving after him. I do like the pacer side of the ball, though. You've got Malcolm Brogdon, who looks like the real Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's playing very well and can be rostered here. Tyrese Halliburton, you know, it's it's been interesting to see how uh, Brogdon and Halliburton are playing together. Halliburton's still doing a fine job. I mean, he's getting to his numbers, and both of these guys, uh, you know, are playable. Buddy Hield's getting monster minutes. He's definitely an early favorite here of, of Coach Carlisle there. And uh, at his price, it's fair, but it is up. Uh, he does get shots up. So, you know, that's all you can really ask for uh, when you roster a guy. And his assist ratio has been higher than it's ever been in his career. So healed an option. And then you've got, you know, the guy I've been really enjoying is Jalen Smith. I mean, he's coming off the bench, but he's getting big minutes. And man, he is a point per minute monster. I, I was really shocked that the Suns pretty much just let him go, gave him away for Torrey Craig. And he's a youngster on top of that, but he can score the ball and he can rebound. Uh, I really like Jalen Smith. Uh, he does have a tendency at times to get in foul trouble, but I think that in this instance coming off the bench, he's still a really good, solid play. Uh, the other two guys, you know, Brissett and Jackson, you got to talk about both of them. Brissett uh, really shined there for about a week. Uh, now that most of these guys are back, I think you'll see a little more regression with him, and his price needs to probably come down a little bit more. Isaiah Jackson is tough. I, I really like him, and it it becomes interesting because Smith uh, can play the four or five. Uh, Jackson is sort of an undersized five, so you may see those two run uh, alongside of each other as well. So uh, I'm not, you know, crossing uh, Jackson off either uh, or Brissett. I think, you know, having some good exposure to this pacer side is a good idea because uh, they're really counting on some of these guys, you know, that uh, uh, are getting those extra minutes. But, and that's the big but here, is how, what is the status of the other guys we talked about? Do we know for sure if Duarte, Stevenson, some of those, and Batazzi are going to be in? Because if they're in, then all of a sudden that all that Pacers interest shrinks down for me because it's going to be uh, a lot more split minutes. So keep an eye on that news. Uh, you know, strong on the Pacers for me in this game alongside Kuzma. If if those guys sit, if they don't, then you're going to have to uh, sort of minimize your exposure there. All right, main slate. Five gamer, very doable five gamer. It's a pretty interesting one. We've got our highest total in the very first game. So we'll, we're going to dive right into it. It's also a double digit spread though, as well. It's the Memphis Grizzlies at the Houston Rockets. Memphis is favored by 11. It's a 237 and a half total. So really good number here. 124.25, which is a massive number. Uh, implied for Memphis, 113.25 for the Houston Rockets. Coming into this game, Memphis is 44-21, Houston 15-48. and 48. Uh, Only designations here, very little. Pons is questionable for Memphis. Uh, Dylan Brooks remains out. 
For Houston, the big question will be Dennis Schroeder. He's questionable. That certainly affects that backcourt rotation. And then my buddy Garuba and John Wall, who I just waste everybody's five seconds each day by mentioning both of those gentlemen. All right, so looking at this game, uh, we've got fantastic pace. Memphis, Memphis fourth and Houston first. So by far the best combination of pace uh, on the slate. So very much attention grabbing there. Of course, we know Houston's dead last in defense, which always makes their games so much more, uh, you know, rosterable. But Memphis is pretty tough. They're seventh in the league in defense. They've been, you know, after a, a slow start the first month of the year since then, uh, they've been a top five defense uh, all year. So uh, sitting in seven, you know, they will be a little bit more stingy with Houston. The interesting part will be, you know, does Memphis try to rest anybody with the fact that, you know, they're a double digit favorite here. Uh, they are hot on the heels of trying to catch Golden State. Golden State just lost last night. So I do think the Grizz dial up their main guys, uh, but, you know, it's yet to be seen. All right. So, uh, I guess, you know, you got to start with John Morant. Where else do you start? He's 10-5, great pay-up option. Houston's backcourt defense is atrocious. If this game stays to 11, like Vegas says, John may be the best pay-up on the slate. At 10-5, they really have no one that can guard him. Porter, Green, and Schroeder are not good defensive backcourt players. So, you know, I don't know who else they try to put on him. They could take a little try with Eric Gordon or, or, you know, Garrison Matthews, but I doubt it. So I think Joss sees uh, this game the way he wants to. Plus Houston is not any defensive juggernaut in the paint by any stretch. So you've got Jaw, you know, as the guard that has the most finishes in the paint in the entire league. So Jaw's probably going to be number one, my number one pay up right now. Uh, and hopefully that stays that way for the main slate. You've got a couple other options that are less expensive in Desmond Bain, all the way down to 6K. Jaron Jackson, who's been inconsistent at 6'5". Steven Adams, he really disappointed uh, in this last game, but, you know, he's back uh, and he's 6'1", so his price is decent. And then, you know, off the bench, it gets tough. Kyle Anderson at 4'6", has put up some really good games lately. But I think, you know, you stick to that main group, Morant, Bain, Jackson, Adams is your best options for the Grizzlies. Houston, it's the first night of a back-to-back -back for them. Not that it means all that much because they're so young and they play that same rotation, and they go pretty deep. I mean, they look at Martin, Schroeder, Matthews, Jengun, Christopher. Uh, those guys all get minutes, so they are going 10 deep here. But, uh, you know, you've got the Schroeder news, which is important because if Schroeder doesn't play, then you're going to get some uh, additional minutes from that bench for sure. If he does, it cuts into Porter and Green a bit. So if I am going to go jaw and second Grizzly on one side, I definitely want some exposure to Houston. And that's the tough part. You know, Memphis's defense is, is good. You've got Christian Wood at 8K, which is very fair. He is a guy that you could look at here. He's playing pretty well. I'm just always afraid that they play him 26, 28 minutes. And I, you know, I want 35 minutes from Christian Wood if, if I'm going to dial him in there. Uh, so that is something we have to examine more and then maybe take a risk with. Um, but after that, it was, it was Schroeder out. You definitely could look at a 6'4 uh, Porter or a 5'6 Green. I definitely think Green has scored the ball more uh, lately uh, and can be considered. So, I, I don't mind either one of those guys if Schroeder's out. If Schroeder's in, makes it a little bit tougher, you know, because he's really been scoring the basketball. I'm hoping they actually sit him because it's the first night of a back-to-back, -back, and maybe they dial him up tomorrow. So I will consider that. Uh, Jay Sean Tate's always tempting because he's, you know, only 5'2", but, you know, you don't know for sure. He gets good minutes, and sometimes he can do – some good things, get you some stocks and everything with that. But it's a risk because he also has some very dud games as well. So more of a GPP focus for me. I uh, don't trust Gordon at all. And again, those other guys off the bench just are not going to be in my first uh, lineup for sure. 
All right, we go to um, another 7 o'clock game. It's the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder. We've got our biggest spread on the board and certainly our biggest chance at a blowout, although the Thunder have been very competitive lately in certain games. Some games they just lay down and look like a young team and get steamrolled. But uh, Utah has not exactly been the sharpest on their game lately either. So let's look at this game. Utah uh, at Oklahoma City Thunder, Utah by 13, a healthy 224 total, 118 and a half implied for Utah, 105 uh, and a half for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Utah comes in 39 and 23, the Thunder 20 and 43. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez is questionable for Utah, may get a little a few minutes off the bench. The, the big news is Mike Conley is out. It's going to be a rest game for him as Utah also plays on the first night of a back-to-back. -back, and they often sit Conley one of those two games. Uh, and they choose this one against the Thunder very wisely. So that does open up some minutes uh, for Clarkson and more usage and assist ratio for Mitchell uh, right on down the line. For Oklahoma City, I, I still think they need to be fine for sending all these guys. I don't see how that can possibly be true that all these guys have injuries and et cetera. But anyway, uh, Wiggins, Aaron Wiggins is questionable. The rest of these guys are all out. So they have injuries, if you would call them that. That's Dort, Favors, Giddy, Jerome, Muscala, Robinson, Earl, and Williams. Sort of crazy. And doesn't seem real. You know, they definitely are going for that number one pick. Not that they need, you know, more than the 17 picks that they already have. And no direction or, or I don't know what they're doing. <clears throat> All right. So this game, we look at it. Statistically speaking, you've got just a, a bit below average pace, 19 and 16 respectively. But two good defenses. The Thunder's defense is a pain in the neck, even without... Their man, Lou Dort, they've been tough. They're 10th and 11th, Utah and Thunder, in defense. So even though it's a 224, which is a fair total, not a really target game for me because I do think they'll slow it down a bit. And both of these teams do have the potential to, to D it up, even though recently Utah has been in some higher scoring games. Well, we, we first start with Donovan Mitchell, certainly the best option in this game, especially with <clears throat> the the veteran Connolly sitting down. He's 9-3, which is fair. I think that's a fair price for him. After that, you know, Bogdanovich at 5-3 often disappoint, disappoints. I haven't gone with Royce O'Neal in a long time because there's always so much value on the slate. <clears throat> You're going to get some time probably from Trent Forrest sneaking in there at 3-1. A little sneaky, but not guaranteed minutes. Certainly Clarkson at 5K, he's just plummeted in price, but he has not been good this year. He really hasn't. But <clears throat> maybe in this instance, I need a, a sip of coffee. Thank you. Maybe in this in instance, uh, Clarkson's able to dial up a little bit. Certainly not much risk there at 5K. Uh, little Daniel House probably in there, 3-3. Hassan Whiteside's been playing good, but backup center to go bear at 4-8. Uh, and really after that, it's 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 a crapshoot. So my focus is either on Donovan Mitchell at 9-3 or Rudy Gobert at 8-5, because we know the Thunder cannot defend in the paint. Uh, you know, as long as Rudy plays, if the game stays close enough, I don't see how he doesn't get 15 rebounds plus here. I mean, they're not going to be much resistance. But there's not going to be a ton of shots because I think the pace will be down a little bit. But I'd go right to the main guys in Mitchell and Gobert here and <clears throat> really not try to scramble unless you want to just take, you know, take the bait on a 5K Jordan Clarkson. I think he'll be very popular, by the way. Um, but I'm not totally sold. Um, on the Thunder side, really, it almost always begins and ends with, with SGA. He is 10-4, which is expensive, but everything goes through him. He's going to get the most shots up. Um, he's certainly going to be the most active and, and can definitely be considered here 
as maybe a second payup option. Um, certainly getting the consistency of, of getting shots up, getting the minutes. Um, he's definitely been the winner with all those other guys sitting out. So SGA high on my list. Trey Mann slowed down a little bit. He's only 5'5". He was starting to look like really the second option here, but um, he's leveled out a bit. Not a bad play, though, uh, at that price. Uh, the guy that will be pretty popular and is getting bigger minutes and being more active is our buddy Pokacheski. Uh Poku's a 5'3", and he's rebounding and scoring the ball, can knock down the three. Um, so, you know, Poku definitely in my uh, sights for today. The other uh, bigs, <clears throat> right now I'm, I'm done trying to mess with that too. Baisley 5'2", Roby 5'4", Krejcik 3K, Sar 3'2", uh, Waters 3K, uh, and now Wiggins possibly back at 3-1. Yes, all those guys dead cheap, almost dead men, but they're all splitting minutes. I don't see consistency there at all. Um, Baisley was fairly consistent for a while. Roby has been a little bit lately, but they're still playing all those other guys I mentioned. Are those guys playable? Krejcik, Sar, not quite. I do like Sar watching him play. I think he's got some ability, but not if he's getting 18 minutes or whatever the case may be. So for me with Gobert, uh, you know, in the middle there defending and that rotation of bigs, not as interested in that spot. All right, <clears throat> we go to a 7.30 game. It is the Toronto Raptors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's a 7.30 game and a very, very low total here. Cleveland only favored by five, which is great, but it's 208. That is crazy. Uh, 101 and a half implied for Toronto, 106 for Cleveland. So we're talking slow down defensive old school basketball here. Um, so old school shout out to my buddy Gundacker, young blood. Hopefully he's catching a little bit of the pod today. Um, we've got uh, in this uh, situation as far as in and out. Um, first of all, Toronto's 34 and 29. Cleveland is 36 and 27. The big news as it is every day with Toronto and it's getting very uh, old for like 10 straight days. Fred Van Bleed is questionable and we need to know if Fred Van Bleed is playing. So, uh, you know, come on, Nick Nurse, make a decision, let us know, and quit uh, busting our chops here. If he's in, he's playable with no restrictions. If he's not, Malachi Flynn is a good play. Um, but again, we need that news because it could be a disaster either way if you don't hit that right. But guess what? Malachi Flynn is questionable. So now you've got some real dilemmas here. If there's no Van Vliet and there's no Flynn, let's just say that, it's going to basically be a split point guard, in my opinion, with Trent and Siakam playing that role. They could dust off some guys, you know, that are deeper on their bench. You know, <clears throat> the, the uh, you know, it's possible, but I'm not going to count on that. I think it will be mainly Trent and Siakam act, acting as the pseudo point guards for the most part. Anybody else, if Speed gets in there, somebody just not worth it to me. So we need that news. If if both of them are out, it elevates Trent and Siakam for me a lot. If one of them's in, then they're the guy to play, in my opinion. After that, Scotty Barnes has been decent. Um, and, uh, you know, after that, though, you know, with Birch and all these other guys, it's very difficult. But the bottom line is, you know, with Flynn and Van Vliet questionable, Ananobi, Johnson, and Wilson out, and then for Cleveland, you've got two guys, and they're both doubtful. I'm counting them out. Karis LeVert, Rajon Rondo. And then <clears throat> statistically backing you know, that low number up, you've got the 25th and 27th pace. Terrible. And then you've got two really strong defenses. Toronto's improving. They're 14th, but getting better. And then you've got Cleveland, as we know, have been in the top five for quite some time. They are fourth. So you got a small total. You got some guys possibly out uh, for Toronto, and that's what we have to determine. So again, it's Trent Siakam for me. If those guys are both out, if Flynn plays instead of Van Vliet, it's Flynn, vice versa. Barnes playable at 7K. Uh, really not as crazy, though, about the whole mess with Birch, Achua, Boucher, Thad Young. 
I just don't want any part of that. And again, you know, it could be uh, Banton that gets the minutes if both Flynn and Van Vliet are out. It could be Svee, but I don't think it's worth the risk. And again, like I say, you know, Trent and Siakam have sort of filled that void for them uh, when they're in there in the rotation at points. So um, <clears throat> interesting, but news uh, is going to be very important here. For Cleveland, we know pretty much what we're getting. Their rotation is pretty set. They've been pretty solid. Uh, Darius Garland has been fantastic, man. I enjoyed him so much. You know, he was my lock the last game at, at like 2% ownership. It was crazy. And I, he only put like 60 burger up there. But, you know, we'll see here. This pace really worries me. And, the, you know, the defense is pretty sound here. And he's 8-6. So it's a pretty big commitment. I still like him, but he's not the plug-and-play, 100% owned guy that I uh, had last time. But I do like him. I think he's a, a really strong play. You know, uh, after that, it's it's always tough because you want to look at either Mobley or Allen. You know, they're 6'7 seven and 7'6. Seven, Mobley has not played consistent lately. Again, I think he may be hitting that rookie wall a little bit. So I'm not going to go there. Jared Allen's tempting, though, at 7'6". He can definitely blow out his numbers <clears throat> and is a good option here. Other than that, you know, I'm <clears throat> sorry, I got to go to the coffee for a second time. Going to the bullpen. The old coach's voice is given out. <clears throat> so you've got uh, Lori Markinen, who I like at 5'6, but again, you know, Kevin Love is getting in there at 5'5. Five, five. He's all the way down to so cheap. But it's tough to feel confident to me to roster either one of them because they're cutting into each other's time a little bit. They're cutting in, into each other's shots. And generally, it seems like uh, Bickerstaff's going which, with whichever one is hotter. Whoever's hitting the threes and getting it done, it's getting a little bit extra run. So I may look at those two guys just because their price is so cheap and they have such good ceilings. But there is definitely some incurred risk. Uh, with going there. Jetty's been consistent off the bench. Don't think you need to go there uh, quite this time because they, you know, they don't like taking a core off the floor because it was defense. And certainly if, you know, Garland, they need in their big minutes. So uh, definitely like this game a little bit, considering it's got a two, eight total. It's not a cross off for me. I think there's some good plays to be had, but certainly you don't want to, you know, double up on this game with a bunch of players in, you know, that slow of a pace game. Vegas knows their stuff. 208 is pretty low. I do sort of like the over, though, at that low, low number, but that's me. Um, not that I think it blasts through it, but I think there are some competent offensive players in this game, uh, but certainly some competent defenders as well. All right, we have two games left real quickly here. We would love to have you join us here at DFS Coach Talk. Go to dfscoachtalk.com. All of our membership options are on there. If you want to dip your toe into the water, it's three days for 10 bucks. That's it. And you can check us out. We have the best Discord in the industry. Very supportive, very positive, a lot of fun, a lot of great information. Shout out to all of our terrific members out there. Um, if you're watching right now on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up and the subscribe button. Give us a quick comment. We would love that. I'll be on when the, the, this podcast premieres here shortly to answer any questions. You can always shoot us a message right there on YouTube. Let us know we're DFS Coach Talk. If you want to look at us on Twitter, we're at DFS Coach Talk. I am personally at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Any questions you have, anything, direct it right to us. We will be happy to share that with you and keep following us on Twitter. Uh, please, you know, like and, and retweet our stuff. We, we put out a lot of information uh, each day. Our Twitter plays of, you know, three uh, top plays on the board and uh, some prize picks information, etc. So we'd love to have you follow us there as well. And again, shout out to our presenting sponsor, Prize Picks. Uh, if you haven't tried them, it's time, prizepicks.com. If it's your first deposit, you can get up to 100% match all the way up to 100 bucks by using the promo code COACHTALK. All one word, no space. All right, two games. We have an 8 o'clock game 
And then this island-ish game at 10 o'clock, two hours after the rest, it's going to be about, uh, let's see, 10 hours into watching NBA. So it is going to be a long, nice uh, following of basketball throughout the entire afternoon and evening. The 8 o'clock game is the New Orleans Pelicans-Denver Nuggets. Denver favored by four, 227.5 total, 111.75 for the Pels. 115.75 for the Denver Nuggets. The Pels are 27 and 36. Denver's 37 and 26. So a mixture of numbers there, uh, but definitely Pelicans making a run, playing much better. They've been smacking some teams around. Denver, you know, has been remaining strong uh, in that fight for position in the, the playoff hunt in the West. For the Pels, you've got Nance and Williamson out for the Pelicans. For Denver, you've got the Joker and Austin Rivers probable. I definitely believe they play. Uh, Zeke Nagy is the only questionable tag for Denver. Kanchar, Murray, and Porter remain out. But some of those guys should be back pretty soon. As far as statistically, you got slow teams. Pels 22, Denver 21 which is surprising that this totals 227 and a half with really, you know, slower basketball, but the Pels are playing faster since CJ has come there. They're getting a lot more uh, transition hoops. So that's why that number is where it is. Uh, defensively, uh, pretty average 18th and 15th. So nothing to write home about there. So really, you know, the fact that based on the numbers and I look at this and we do this every day, you would think that total should be about 223. So for it to be 227 and a half is a bit surprising. I'm not saying dive on the under here. It's just that, you know, Vegas is that sharp. The Pels are playing so much better and it, they're playing more open style of basketball with the moves that they made. I think that that's why you're seeing this price or these, this total. And I think, you know, this game could go even over that. So, I think you want some exposure here. <clears throat> I like the way th the direction, the way uh, both these teams are going at the moment. CJ McCollum at 8 8. You know, I've loved him. I've played him a lot. Uh, he was fantastic for me the other day, but he never saw the court for one second in the fourth quarter because they blew him out. And that was gut wrenching. So don't let that number scare you because he would have blown through value. I mean, he still had a good game even in three quarters. So he's in play for me. Brandon Ingram at 8-3, fair price for a guy that can certainly also blow up the scoreboard. I mean, those are the two guys that are, are really becoming a two-man two team here as far as really scoring the ball. The guys that have been left in the dust a little bit are your three guys that we've played quite a bit this year because their value has been decent. That's Herb Jones, Jackson Hayes, and Jonas Valachunas. They're 4-4, four, 4-9, four, four, and 7-3. So, the prices are still good, but, you know, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, how you really want to look at this. I, I think that the fact that their usage is down and they're bringing Devontae Graham and Tony Snell and these guys off the bench, I still think the focus needs to be on McCollum and Ingram. And yes, you can get some value with the other guys, but they're not blowing it up. I've had, I've taken Jackson Hayes a couple of times recently and he's okay. But the ceiling's not quite there because they're they're really, uh, you know, rotating guys out. Um, he'd be the guy if I did need one more value spot. But I, I think it's focus on the two main wheels for the Pelicans. Try to get one of them in there. For Denver, I'm expecting the Joker to be back. We saw what DeMarcus Cousins did the last game, which was mind-bending at his age, being out of the game, on and off with different teams that he could put up. I think he had a 60-burger. I think he believe he was in the top three uh, in DFS points that night, which at this point of his career is really amazing. It goes to show you what a talented young man he is and how all those injuries and setbacks really, you know, he could have been a, a first-team All-Star uh, guy. There's no doubt about it. But sort of a, a career lost, a lot of that was because he was stuck in stinking Sacramento, and we know what a – you know, dumpster fire they are uh, generally for the last 20 years or not quite, 
maybe a little less. I do remember the years with Chris Weber and all those fun guys, but it's been a long time. Um, Cousins, you know, off the bench, I'm not going to go there. You know, if, if certainly if for some reason the Joker sits, then can go right back to Cousins. 4-8 is fine. I, you can't, you got to expect regression, but if he regresses from 60 to, you know, 38 fantasy points, you're still good. So Cousins only if the Joker doesn't play. If the Joker does play, uh, I, I really like him. I think he'll get Joe Val in foul trouble and Hernan Gomez will come in there and try to chase him around a little bit. But I think the Joker, obviously, great play if he's in there. Um, after that, though, I, I never feel good about the Nuggets. I know I say this every day, but I can't help it. You know, do you feel confident with Morris, Green, Gordon, the other Green, Highland, you know, Forbes? I just can't take the risk there. The only guy you can always look at as the, the second banana here is either Will Barton at 6'3 or Aaron Gordon at 6'1. But there's a lot of times those guys disappoint or barely squeeze to their number. I uh, don't see a whole lot of ceilings for either one of those guys. Barton's thrown a few in there, but not a consistent enough for me. So I guess my point in this game is, you know, roll the dice, go Joker and McCollum or Ingram and McCollum uh, or Ingram and Joker. Any combination there and really let it rip here and see if these guys can can score the ball the way that the spread uh, shows. All right, last game, late night sweat, lock washer game, I think, uh, not lock washer, but uh, late night sweat game. And it's certainly a, a game that's going to be standing on its own and not going to be a tremendously fun game for DFS, in my opinion. You've got the Knicks at the Clippers. Clippers by four and a half, so that's nice. It's only 216 and a half, though. 106 for the Knicks, 110 and a half for the Clippers. So. If you're loading up on this late game hoping to roll at home, I'm that's pretty dangerous. The Knicks are 25 and 38. What they have to be the most disappointing team in the NBA this season after being the number four seed last year. What a disaster there. Old Tibbs just he burns teams out. He does it everywhere he goes. He plays them too much. He's too hard-nosed. Guys don't like playing for him. And they just end up fading, and he ends up getting fired. It's just been that pattern. Um, for the Clippers, uh, they're 34 and 31. It is the first night of a back-to-back -back for the Knicks as well, so not sure exactly. I do want to mention one thing I forgot the last game. It's the first night of a back-to-back -back for Denver, and I think that's why you're seeing uh, the Joker being not sure if he's going to play or not. But I think he plays. I think they, they need him to beat the Pelicans. And I think he plays, but it is the first night of a back-to-back -back for there, so it's worth considering. For the Knicks, I don't think it really matters much. Tibbs doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. So it's pretty much let it roll here. For uh, the Knicks, you've got Nerland's Noel, the backup center questionable, and then Grimes, Rosen, Toppin are out. For the Clippers, the same four. George Leonard, Powell, Preston, out. All right, statistically, Knicks 26th in pace. Clippers 15th, so they're not going to be flying up and down the floor. Both defenses uh, well above average. Knicks 13th and the Clippers 8th, so you've got some good D, some slower pace. Uh, one of the teams on a back-to-back, -back. neither team playing exactly great ball right now. Makes it tough to load up on, but there are some guys uh, worth discussing here. Alec Burks will drive you completely nuts if you try to play him. I don't suggest that at 5'7", or Fournier at 5'5". Five, five. You never know. Those guys could be single-digit DFS points, even playing big minutes. So no trust there whatsoever. You're getting a little quickly and reddish and stuff in there, too. So no thank you. You got to go right straight to the meat here. I mean, your options are really R.J. Barrett, who's had some real ceiling games lately, is 7'9". Julius Randle is 9'2". He certainly has seen uh, since... All of the heat he's been taking of really uh, coming up and trying to play and prove himself that, you know, it's not his fault. So those are the two guys you got to zone in on. I, you know, that's no hot take by any stretch. Mitch Robinson at times can be okay. If no, if Noel sits, you're still going to have Taj Gibson backing him up. So they're not going to overplay him, but certainly can get you some stocks at five, six, if you want to play uh, pay down for center. 
especially if Joker plays and you can't get the value there with Cousins. Um, after that, you know, it's hard hard to go much deeper on the Knicks, the way how horrible they play. Plus, they're getting other guys in there now, too, like Sims and a few guys. So not crazy about the Knicks tonight. The Clippers, uh, Reggie's 8-7, which just seems too expensive to me. I know the backcourt for the Knicks does not defend well, but I and Jackson's had some really good games, but 8-7 is a big number. Um, probably not going to go there. Terrence Mann and Amir Coffey, Luke Kennard, those guys are all cheap. Mann's 5-9, Coffey's 3-6, Kennard's 4K. All have the ability to have a solid DFS night for you, but a lot of incurred risk with them as well. Uh, I think it's a little bit safer with Marcus Morris at 5-7, which is a fair price. He is disappointed. The other night, he absolutely was the only guy I had left on the board. And I just needed a nice little 25, you know, nothing much, not even getting a 4X would have been fine. And he laid an egg. So I'm a little bitter at Morris. He's not been consistent at all. The Knicks do play slow and play some bully ball. So it's not the best situation for him. Zubots has been up and down. Uh, at 6-8, it's now gotten a little too pricey. He had a stretch of decent games there, and I don't like that price. So, man, I just this game stinks all around. So maybe a, a flyer one-off on one side here, um, unless you really have enough salary to pay up for a Barrett or Randall. Those would be the two spots I'd go. I, I get it on Reggie, but that price is so high. Maybe a value piece uh, of that group if you feel man is going to step up uh, or a canard. But not going to be my favorite game. Not going to have overexposure to it by any stretch of the imagination. So as my theme has been lately, I'm probably going to be trying to hang on for dear life as we go into that last game. But I may try to save, uh, save some salary for either Baird or Randall so at least I have a nice gun uh, left in that game. All right. That is it, my friends. I hope uh, this eight-game breakdown of early slate, afternoon slate, main slate, whatever these uh, uh, sites are trying to do, hope it really helps you get it done. I uh, hope you enjoyed the, the breakout. Appreciate you joining me here on your Sunday. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy it. Relax. Get uh, some good NBA action in. And then after that, you know, get ready to start a really hot Monday. Big week in the NBA, a lot of positionality going on of, of uh, spots for the uh, playoffs. So join us. Certainly we're here seven days a week in front of the paywall. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe button on the way out. If you want to join us, it's dfscoachtalk.com. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Certainly be back with you again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS.